Hey, good morning, everyone. Larry Bailey here, Mortgage Workflow Partners. Today is August 28th, 2023, and we're going to read through the MBS Highways Mortgage Market Intelligence Weekly Newsletter covering the week of August 21st, 2023 in review. Um, make sure you go over to mbshighway.com and grab a subscription. That's absolutely what you need to do to stay in touch with the current market conditions. And then also get over to workflowpartners.org. Uh, and make sure that you find out what it is that Mortgage Workflow Partners does and why all of our clients give us five stars. We cover implementations, we cover support, we cover uh, help desks, and uh, obviously projects, special projects. Um, we even have special partnerships with providers that give you access to solutions, plugins, both SDK and API, as well as other partnerships that really further your company's success. Uh, make sure that you find out more. Give us a call at 888 522-7181 or email. You can email me directly, Larry at workflowpartners.org. So let's get into this. Here's the week of 2020, uh, 2000. Um, I don't know why I keep saying that week of August 21st, 2023. So Fed Chair Jerome Powell gave hints about further rate hikes during his speech at Jackson Hole. Plus the lack of existing homes available for sale continues to be a key factor for driving the housing sector. Here's the stories coming to you. The first story is all our further red hike, uh, rate hikes ahead. Second story is existing home sales constrained by low inventory. It's an ongoing theme. Uh, next story is new home sales reach 17 month high. Woohoo, that's awesome. Uh, and then the last story is tame unemployment claims. Um, there'll be a food hack in there, I am sure. So the first story is, are there further uh, Fed rate hikes ahead? So the Fed Chair Jerome Powell spoke last Friday at the annual Jackson Hole Symposium, which is gathering up economists, central bankers, policymakers from around the world, a real party. It's a real party. So while Powell acknowledged that progress has been made in the fight against inflation, uh, his comments were relatively hawkish. Now, remember, hawks are policymakers who favor higher interest rates to keep inflation in check. So Powell said, quote, although inflation has moved down from its peak, a welcome development. It remains too high. We are prepared to raise rates further if appropriate and intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving sustainably down toward our objective, close quote. So here's what's going on here, gang. Remember that the Fed has been hiking its benchmark Fed funds rate, which is the overnight borrowing rate between banks and not mortgage rates. And this is to try to slow the economy and curb inflation. Their latest hike was July. Um, and it was the 11th rate hike since March of last year, which pushed the Fed funds rate to its highest level in 22 years. Powell said that the Fed will proceed carefully in upcoming meetings as they assess incoming data and the evolving outlook and risks. Powell also reiterated that the Fed's inflation goal is still 2% and that he sees the current economic stance as restrictive, putting downward pressure on economic activity, hiring and inflation. The Fed appears hyper-focused on the extremely tight labor market, and they uh, are likely want to see a weaker labor market, market sector and weak jobs report before the outlook changes. Fed members will certainly be watching as crucial labor data uh, will be reported this week, especially headline job growth and August job report coming on Friday. Hey, listen, I'm going to give you some personal feedback on this, and it sucks, but basically the Fed wants people to go out of business. They want people to lose jobs. They want people to run out of money. They want people to stop spending. They want companies to stop investing, these kinds of things. And it, and it sucks. 
Um, their goal is to make sure that each year the cost of goods does not exceed 2% of the previous year. And so, you know, you might look like, Jesus, that's terrible. Like, why does the Fed want that? And if you want to have a reality check, go to other countries where the inflation is like 10, 12, 20, 50, 100% and talk to those people and see how their lives are going. Um, that's what this is all about. So it's a constant battle between inflation and growth always has been. It's economics. If you want to get into the nitty gritty of it, there's plenty of uh, enormously bright people in the world, way smarter than me, uh, or I ever will be on, on the economic side. But I can tell you that, um, you know, it's this rat race of I got to make more to spend more because I want to spend more. So therefore, I have to make more. And this wheel of growth, which is what we've seen um, literally over the last 10 years, I guess, um, it's got to end someday if you don't want Houses to be worth a million dollars for a little tiny 2,000 um, square foot house in some suburb somewhere. So listen, next story is existing home sales constrained by low inventory. Talking about home sales. So if you're listening to this on podcast, get over to mortgage.community. It's free. Everybody can join no matter who you work for. And check out this, this uh, live video on screen of what we're doing. You'll get to see the live ticker up in the top right um, of what's going on. So the existing home sales fell 2.2% from June to July to a 4.07 million unit annualized pace per the National Association of Realtors, also known as the NAR. Sales were also 16.6% lower than they were July of last year. This report measures closing on existing homes, which represent a large portion of the market, making it a critical gauge for taking the pulse of the housing sector. So the bottom line here is while inventory levels increased, 3.7% last month from a 1.07 million unit in June to 1.11 million units available at the end of July. Housing supplies are still well below normal levels with just 3.3 months worth of inventory available at current sales pace. Plus inventory is even tighter than that figure implies as many homes counted in the existing inventory are under contract. So they're not really available for purchase. So if you actually look at just the active listings last month, it's really only 647,000. So NAR's chief economist, Lawrence Young, which I'd encourage you to follow on LinkedIn if you're not already. Uh, Lawrence does uh, posts or people post them a lot, actually. So uh, Lawrence confirmed that the lack of inventory is a key factor constraining sales activity this summer. Matter of fact, there was another post yesterday uh, on Monday, because uh, I'm recording this Tuesday, the 29th, because we had some technical issues. But um, so Monday the 28th, where I was going back and forth with somebody about this key thing with active listings on how many real estate agents there are and how many mortgage agents there are, both federal and state licensed. Uh, and it's only so many houses, right? So, um, so home stayed on the market just an average of 20 days last month, while 74% of homes sold in July were on the market for less than a month. Crazy stuff. Uh, definitely still a seller's market. No doubt. In most places, right? In most places. So uh, next story is new home sales reach 17-month high. So new home sales, uh, which measured, which are measured by signed contracts on new homes, rose 4.4% from June to July to a 714,000 unit annualized pace. This reading was better than expected in the highest amount since February of last year. So the bottom line here is that although there's a lack of existing homes for sale, um, which is heightening the, the demand uh, for new homes, but the available supply of new construction homes is still below healthy levels. 
Of the 437,000 new homes available for sale at the end of July, only 75,000 were completed. <laughs> so do the math here. This is 254,000 that are under construction and another 108,000 that aren't even started yet. So the tight supply of both existing and new homes will continue to be supportive of home prices, making home ownership a good investment and an opportunity for building wealth through real estate. Um, yeah, on that note, the median sales price for new homes was $436,700. Remarkably, that's down from 478200 a year ago. Um, and, you know, depending on what the media you're listening to, you want to really pay attention because this figure is not the same as appreciation, but represents a mid-price, right? And so it's a mid-price between the highest selling homes and the lowest selling homes. So multiple appreciation reports, including those from Case Shiller, CoreLogic, Zillow, Black Knight, and the Federal Housing Finance Agency, also known as FHFA, have reported strong price growth in their respective indexes or indices, depending on who you talk to, but indexes is what I pronounce it by. Uh, next story is tame unemployment claims. And uh, our three states uh, on the map here are California, Ohio, and Texas. And initial jobless claims fell by 10,000 in the latest week as 237,000 people filed for unemployment benefits for the very first time. Initial claims have remained relatively tame after topping 260,000 for the first three weeks of June, which represents and suggests that employers are trying to retain their workers um, and firings have been muted. Meanwhile, continuing claims declined by 9,000 with 1.7 million people still receiving benefits after they're filing their, their initial claim. This figure has been uh, vacillating. That's such a big word, vacillating. Uh, so it's been moving around this range for much of the summer after hitting a high of 1.861 million earlier in April. The trend lower reflects a mix of people finding new jobs and benefits expiring, which sucks. Uh, most people only have six months of benefits in, in you know, non-COVID non law kind of thing. So as noted above, the employment data plays a big role in the Fed's next rate hike decision, um, which will be announced at their meeting on September 20th. So in about two and a half weeks, uh, three weeks, about three weeks. Here's the family hack for the week. Thursday, August 31st is National, Tra <laughs> National Trail Mix Day. So these trail mix bars, courtesy of Tasty, are easy to make and the perfect grab-and-go breakfast for road trips, weekend hikes, or busy weekday mornings. So you're going to melt a half a cup of peanut butter, and you're going to melt a third of a cup of honey together into a microwave. You want to stir that every 15 seconds. And you're going to add one cup of rolled oats, a half cup chopped almonds if you like nuts, a half cup of peanuts if you like peanuts, and a half cup raisins, a half cup ranberries. Mix until well coated, and you're going to let that cool to room temperature. Line a baking dish with parchment paper and pour the cooled mixture into a pan, pressing the edges, and then let that sit in the refrigerator for about two hours. Um, kind of like the same way you'd make uh, the uh, Rice Krispie Treats. So that, that sounds good. Hey, listen, gang, um, what to look for this week. The markets will be busy ahead of Labor Day weekend. Remember, that's coming up. So in housing news, we'll see an update on home price appreciation when uh, for June. When the Case-Shiller price, uh, Home Price Index and the Federal Housing Finance Agency price indexes are reporting Tuesday, it's today the 29th, and July's pending home sales follow on Wednesday, tomorrow the 30th. Job market data will also grab headlines starting Wednesday with an update to August private payrolls in the ADP employment report 
and the latest jobless claims will be reported on Thursday, while Friday brings August jobs report from the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Remember, that includes the non-farm payrolls and the unemployment rate. And remember that unemployment rate is two parts, survey and statistical analysis. So in addition, the second estimate for second quarter GDP will be released Wednesday, uh, while a crucial inflation reading will be delivered on Thursday via the Fed's favored measure, personal consumption expenditures. Gang, reach out to Mortgage Workflow Partners. Honestly, I think we're the best because it's my company. So obviously, I'm going to think we're the best. But in all seriousness, there are a lot of great companies that offer fantastic services in the space that we occupy. I just know that we offer things that are far above and beyond what other, other companies can offer um, specifically with things like this that we do, the community that we do. You can do engagements with us that are very closed, very, very specific projects, as well as open monthly support. We do help desk support. Um, and whether you're using Encompass or using LendingPad or using Point or using um, any, really any LOS out there, uh, we're mortgage workflow partners. So it doesn't really matter what technology you're using. I know that we can help you out. <clears throat> Give us a call. 888-522-7181, or you can email me directly, Larry at workflowpartners.org. Have a great day and uh, make it a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye.